0: Palestine report on Sabah al-Muslim with Mawlana Ibrahim Musa. Maulana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Disturbing reports on the extent of starvation in Gaza. Absolutely, Murana. This is uh, obviously uh, a concern from the the very beginning of of the war, but it now has reached uh, you know very serious proportions. Uh, the uh, reports coming out from northern Gaza, Gaza, particularly, saying that there are now several confirmed reports of people who are have died from malnutrition uh, including infants and from one of the uh insider accounts or one of the eyewitness accounts of what is occurring there somebody writes from northern gaza that life for over half a million people there now revolves around one single task every day and that is finding something something to eat and, uh, they mention going everywhere, just, you, you know, hoping to find something, going to old shops, going to abandoned homes, just to look for something to eat. And we have, uh, they, they do get obviously the trickling in of, of food or flour that comes in every few days or after a long while. But when that flour comes in, many of them would, immediately mix it with other ingredients like corn, like soy flour, so that they could increase the quantity. And uh, this particular individual saying that we've reached our limit, things are miserable, it's gone beyond famine. Uh, As a young man, he says, I was a healthy guy, I used to ride horses and run, now I can't even go up the stairs without feeling exhausted, and he speaks about Having forgotten how food tastes like, I don't know what fruit or chicken tastes like anymore. Uh, we only eat rice and that is even scarce. And uh, he's, he puts forward a dire pro- a projection that if we were to stay like this for another week, he says that we will see people die from starvation and mess. Uh, and he goes on to say that uh, to die from bombs is better than to die from this hunger. Uh, with, uh, with, with bombs, at least you pass away straight, uh, right away. But now we have to go around each day just to find a bite to keep us standing. So that's uh, kind of the eyewitness reports that are coming through. Uh, but at the same time, there is really no shortage of food to come in. It's just the fact that the food is not coming in. You have the World Food Programme saying that uh, we've got enough food from Jordan and Egypt that would be able to support 2.2 million people. There's these satellite images that are showing this long, uh, you know, miles-long uh, uh, a train of trucks uh, in 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 um, in the Sinai that is waiting to enter, but simply not being able to enter. So it's just uh, the fact that then the you know the, the Israelis are preventing them from coming in. And then there's one one more consideration here that the Biden administration has asked Israel to stop targeting police officers in the gaza strip um and here the concern is and there's been a number of attacks on police officers who are trying to escort uh, these food convoys coming into the gaza strip and the concern here is that there's going to be and there already is in certain parts of gaza total breakdown of law and order uh, officials are describing this as gaza turning slowly into Mogadishu as there's a security vacuum. And uh, because of desperation, there's armed gangs that are now arising. People are looting the trucks. Uh, And this is obviously uh, out of desperation where many of the people have been pushed to the brink of of famine. The Israelis are actively encouraging this because one of their aims is to ensure that Hamas no longer runs Gaza. And uh, by extension, the police officers who are uh, aligned with with Hamas, uh, you know, they want to eliminate them as well. And therefore, it just serves their purposes for this chaos to spread. What are the updates on the truce negotiations? So uh, we've got uh, this Paris meeting that took place. uh, Again, intelligence officials from the United States, uh, the Israeli side, Egypt and Qatar. And they've said over the weekend that they have come to an understanding of, uh, quote, the basic contours of a temporary ceasefire. Um, now, does this really mean anything? Because if you look at the parties represented here, uh, the key player in terms of the Palestinians and uh, Hamas on the ground are not represented. But what, what so, so the purpose of this seems like. Uh, Washington, the Israelis are trying to uh, bring the Egyptians and the Qataris as brokers here uh, and putting a lot of pressure on them, particularly on Qatar, uh, saying that these are the demands of the Israelis. You need to communicate these strongly to, to Hamas so that they, quote, can be more flexible in what uh, their, 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 their considerations in this deal will be. Uh, so it, it's obviously very much up in the air still, but what has been discussed here is a six-week weeks pause in the latest iteration, uh, release of up to 300 Palestinian uh, detainees from Israeli prisons in exchange for 35 to 40 uh, of the Israelis who are held uh, in the Gaza Strip. The fact that the Israelis are pushing for this at this moment in time uh, seems to be, again, because of uh, the failure of the Israeli war effort in the Gaza Strip. And the second is uh, building pressure against Netanyahu, anti-government settlement in Israel. Amidst all of this, uh, Netanyahu is still uh, showing that he is really playing politics at every uh, turn of the wheel yeah. because the Netanyahu is saying that even if we get this truce, we are still going to attack Rafah uh, Sooner or later, this is his latest statements. And this has led to even Israeli officials saying that Netanyahu is trying to torpedo even this, uh, uh, this this current hostage deal to appease far-right elements in his government. And uh, he does this by trying to, you know, change the rules of the game, insert new conditions and demands at the last minute. We've got response as well, Moana, from Hamas on this. Hamas is saying that all these reports that are saying that people are all optimistic about the deal are exaggerated. And uh, they're saying that uh, the the technique that is being used by Israel and the United States, saying that they are signaling progress, uh, is actually uh, a tactic to be able to exert pressure on Hamas to uh, agree to the outline that they're putting forward. And uh, according to Hamas, uh, what, what the Israelis are trying to do is... Uh, if uh, by by creating such high expectations, when these negotiations may fall, uh, they're going to put the blame on Hamas for the failure of these negotiations. Add to this whole mix, in Tel Aviv on Saturday, uh, anti-government protests against Netanyahu are back. There was a lot of violence that was used against Israeli protesters, water cannons, and more than 21 Israelis were arrested amidst uh, injuries as well. Now, a significant call from a UN panel on stopping arms sales to Israel. I think this is is significant uh, because it's very clear in its language uh, against the Israelis. A United Nations panel of of experts in a report saying that states should cease immediately from transferring arms and ammunition to Israel. Uh, And they're saying that any weapon or, or, or ammunition or parts of them... Uh, if it is transferred, even if it is not known with certainty that it's used to commit war, war crimes, but if it is expected, given the facts or the past patterns of behavior of Israel, one knows that this is going to be used for war crimes. If states do this at this point in time, these UN experts are saying that this would violate international law. They go on to say not only weapons, but countries who share military intelligence, with Israel, uh, if, they, uh, if they they say that military intelligence should not be shared where there is a clear risk that w- this would be used to violate international law, and uh, they go on to say that there is a need for an arms embargo on uh, on Israel for, following the ICJ ruling, um, uh, the provisional ruling that was delivered not too long ago, uh, and uh, they they also sound a warning then to. Officials within states that do send arms to Israel, they say that state officials involved in arms exports may be individually criminally, criminally liable uh, if they facilitate these arms transfers. So I think this, again, uh, very significant. We may argue again uh, whether this will actually be executed, but this is taking the discussion on accountability uh, or for, for Israel uh, very much further than it was ever exerted before. Alright Mona, thank you always for your for your time and for updating us. Bakalofi, assalamu alaykum Wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.